0: What's up everybody it's Reggie Williams founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads and with me I have Jake Payne our editor-in-chief and together this is our What's the Headline podcast. What's going on
1: man? Yeah what's going on man it's uh, good to see you for everyone out there. We uh, we got to kick it have a little belated birthday celebration for Reggie and I, it, it, it was crazy because you and I realized we hadn't seen one another in a year and it's funny because we jump on this podcast See each other's face for those that tune in on video. And it it feels like, you know, I see you several times a year, but it had truly been 12 months.
0: That's crazy. That's that's the longest we've probably gone in the time we've known each other, like nine years or so, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there was a period of time where I where you and I started working together and um I was living full-time in Pittsburgh. And well, when we first met, I was I was in Philly, then I was back in Pittsburgh. So we would see each other sporadically, like once or twice a year when I would pass through the city. Um, but then in more recent years yeah I mean very very often at least every other month I would say
0: yeah uh, well for anyone who cares Jake has a gigantic dog more like a bear um, who's 100 pounds and about six feet long for well, the first time I met him made it very very clear I was not welcome in the household and um, thankfully we made friends this week it was it was cool so shout out to Theo yeah, man.
1: That's uh, funny. Actually, Theo is is right beside me right now. Anytime there's something important going on, which our podcast most certainly is, uh, he shows up, man. You know, he comes to collect.
0: Word. So the year is winding down. And as is the case in most years, it's a great time to kind of reflect on things that have happened over the course of the year. So instead of doing a weekly uh, dive this week, we're going to talk about the best verses of 2022. Oh man. Um, this is inspired in part by the recent Grammy nominations. Um, the general theme for hip hop at least is you know, Kendrick is, you know, um, leading nominations, you know, next to Beyonce Beyonce, I think has nine. Kendrick has eight. and, uh, you know, he's leading the charge. But a fascinating kind of subplot has evolved, and it's effectively Kendrick versus Jay Z in terms of who has the best song, the best, the best record, um, they're, they're up against each other in a number of categories. And for Kendrick, it's the hard part five versus Jay-Z's God did verse on for DJ Khaled. And it got us thinking, we were talking a little bit in our Grammy wrap up about, um, you know, who had the better verse. And so, you know, why not like expand that? It's not necessarily Hov or Kendrick who had the best verse of the year, regardless of what the Grammys thought. So why don't we talk about who we think had the best verse, but you got, you got anything you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, the thing of it is, is, is verse is a funny thing, right? Cause it's not song. Um, it is, it is verse and there are verses in hip hop that are 16 bars. There's great verses that are less than that. There's those cases including in our list today that are well beyond that, you know, where an MC doesn't always bridge it with a chorus or, or you know punctuated that way and and beyond that i mean there's all the factors of of emceeing and rapping that come into play of you know substance flow um you know technicality all of that and it's it's funny because i think that these are always um undoubtedly subjective lists and i definitely want to encourage anyone watching or listening to this you know let us know yours because i think i can speak for both of us we're the type of people that like to listen to everything and consider all things but what amazed me about 2022 is you and I had at least 60 percent overlap which you know we joke a lot about how we often like different aspects of the same things but I think that speaks to you know just what this year was and the verses that we will still
0: be talking about 5, 10, 25 years from now. So now that can cut a couple of ways right on the one hand that can mean there were several outstanding clear cut verses that would just stand out, and uh, there's just no debate, and they're noteworthy. And not this year, but you know, like you said, for the foreseeable future, or it could mean that the year has been kind of dry and there's not this kind of slim pickings. So, um, I think I know which direction I'm going in, but where are you going?
1: Yeah, definitely the first. It's it was not a dry year, um, you know, even in January, and I don't want to do any spoiler alerts you called me on a Friday morning when a song dropped and that song um, is very much part of our list. And, you know, what's interesting is any year end list I often find are very bottom heavy. People have a very short term memory, um, but this this list really represents the span of, uh, you know certainly 11 months going on 12. Um, and it was not a dry year for hip hop. I think it was a great year for rhymes, of course. And although that's not the subject today, I think it was a great year for beats and certainly albums, which we'll talk about, um, you know, in a few days from now.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what song you're talking about. I know exactly where I was when I called you and the the first time I ever heard it. And I also inspired an entire podcast that that song will be a big part of this discussion. And I I agree is indicative because I don't even know that that's the best verse of the year. I, I think there's like four or five others that like strongly contend. So uh, we got a lot of great stuff to discuss. So you, you touched on it for a second, but I wanna do a deep dive into what makes a great verse. So you talked about substance and flow and technicality. I would add to that energy, uh, you know, because like a person, like how they convey it, like it definitely plays a role in it. Memorable lines, you know, I think there, are, we can all think about like Buster Rhymes and the Dungeon Dragon line and like, uh, you know, Uh, fife you know uh you know uh inside your eye to show you where i come from there there they're just there's certain lines that stick with you forever um you know and like i think a great verse has that kind of hallmark and you said the beat too i think the beat is is critical because if you got a whack beat it's really hard at least for me to get to the verse and i think just uh, an overall catch all of originality and uniqueness is really important too. There's gotta be something different, something that we haven't heard before. One of my questions though, is what about length? Does size matter? (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I I think it's relative, you know, I mean, you and I had a recent discussion about Illmatic and our readers determined back in 2016 that that was the greatest hip hop album of all time. Illmatic is 10 songs, it's either 39 or 41 minutes long Um, But I would contend that it's all killer, no filler. I think that that all killer, no filler model matters in a verse. There are verses, um, you know, over the years, Joe Budden had one, you know, the hip hop verse um, that, you know, went on for minutes and minutes and minutes, you know, think of the original form of G rap on the symphony, you know, just apparently went off Marley's, you know, reels, they had to put another one in, they had to make an edit, Um, you know, length, is cool, so long as it doesn't waver. Um, And one of the things I did with my list, I don't know about you, but there's a few cases where an MC, be it through a feature or just be it through an a la carte verse, you know, it's one verse, but there's other times where I really tried to isolate it because verses matter. Um, But I do think uh, length is a factor, but I would never you know, unless it's a four-bar joint, I would never use it as a detractor. I think everything that we're going to be talking about today is in is in relative comparison.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely don't think it's, it's everything, but I do think that a lot of times, the longer the rhyme is, the more impressed people are with it. You know, I think about Black Thoughts Freestyle a couple of years ago on Hot 97 with Funkmaster Flex, and that was just like 10 or 11 minutes of just sheer madness. And to your point... Thought never let up, you know, there wasn't a lull in it. He just went hard and aggressive for 10, 11 minutes, Um, you know, and so I I think that definitely has impact, but as we'll we'll get into later on, and then we got some long verses on here too, but we have some incredibly short verses that I think are equally as powerful as anything that had, you know, 10,000 more words. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, all right, so one other thing I want to talk about before we get into it is what we're using to qualify for this, you know? Uh, so generally, um, there are the best verses are on records, but also there are a lot of freestyles that we cover over the course of the year. Like I said, I just mentioned the black thought one from a couple years ago that, that deserve recognition for, uh, being among the best verses of the year. This year we decided to go strictly with records. We're going to talk about a notable exception at the end. Um, and which could possibly be the greatest rap performance of the year. You know, we'll we'll talk about that more in detail, but just a little teaser there. So, um, all right, man, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right, cool. So, what we did is we we did a little pre planning and um we listed out like kind of our our favorites of the year. And like Jake said, we have concentric circles. You know, I think that our concentric circles probably overlap more so than we would give credit for. A lot of times it does it in weird ways. We like different different songs on the same album. Uh, But there is a lot that we agree upon. And in in this instance, we probably agreed more than we have ever with a a year and wrap up list um, in terms of this. And so... Um, we have six verses that we have in common that we think are, uh, stand amongst the best. And then we got, we each chose four others we wanted to debate in order to reach a final 10. So the 10 best verses of 2020, uh, 2022. So, uh, with that in mind, um, I'm gonna kick it off and I will talk about what I call the best verse of the year. Back in August. Um, in August, I remember distinctly where I was. I was on vacation with my sons, and it was a Friday, DJ Khaled's album, God did, came out. And we've been hearing a lot of buzz about this Jay-Z verse. There were clips of young guru and photos of him and Khaled with like wide-eyed expressions and stuff like that. And I don't know if people are familiar with DJ Khaled, but he can be prone to hyperbole every once in a while. And so um it's hard to gauge, but you know. Also to his credit he's had he's he's pulled out some of the best rap performances of the year consistently you know i think back to um um Nas album done um you know some of the Jay stuff with, with Drake um
1: it was he, he he did the hip hop joint right with with Nas and Scarface that
0: yeah yep yep he did that um he's done um other joints with Drake um he, he's got he's had some really really like powerful performances so,
1: family, by those that shall not be named, yeah, you know,, some yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, So you know, when this dropped, um, I listened to it that morning. I don't know if you listened to it that. Did you listen to it Thursday night?
1: No, i <laughs> you were on vacation with your sons. I had COVID. um, oh, and right. I remember you you had a phone call, and as I shared with you this weekend, I was um I'm one of those people I was especially irritable with with my first uh, COVID diagnosis and I was hurting that day and um, I was foggy, which may contribute to my initial reaction. That oh, day.
0: that's all right. That's coming back to me now. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jake is blaming his complete lackluster response to, uh, to uh, <laughs> Jay's God did verse on COVID. Um, yeah. So this is the inner workings, right? Like I said, we disagree. Like I'm calling it the best of the year. Jake is like, man, and may not even want to cover it. And so um, I covered it on vacation with my sons, uh, Jake had COVID. And, you know, uh, it was one of our biggest posts of the year. And more importantly, the conversation around the verse lasted for several days, which in this day and age is an eternity. You know, everything has got a cycle of like a day or two. This one lasted for a long time. Uh, Sparked a, a bunch of thought pieces. We were very fortunate to get a, a citation in Wikipedia, um, uh, calling it the best verse of the year under DJ Khaled's uh, Wikipedia page. And um, you know, so I want to talk about some of the lyrics. Like, what we're going to do is we're going to go through. We we both chose kind of eight bars that we thought really were speak to the quality of a verse. And so. For this one, uh, you know, start, he starts out, how many billionaires come from Hov's crib? Huh? I count three, me, yay, and re. First of all, the the yay part didn't age well because uh, what a year it's been for him. So I'm not sure he's even a billionaire, but you know what? He's got a fourth because Bronze Rock Boys are four technically, so he still got three. Um, you know, then he said um, later on, then we said, F it, took the dope public, out the mud, they got to face you now. You can't make up this shit. Now, okay, I got to admit, this this line was lost on me a little bit when I first heard it, but then after watching Young Guru, who released a, a series of clips breaking down these lyrics, talk about this, it blew my mind, because he said, out the mud, they got to face you now. You can't make up this. So he's talking about Rihanna's uh, makeup line, which, uh, you know, consists of like a, a mud face and you know they took the dope public. That's their dope, and you know made her a billionaire. You gotta, they gotta face you now. You can't make up this. I mean, out of the mud, like wow. I mean, that one was like mind blown. Next up though was he said, "I'm at the cap table. What the splits is? Not that cap table, boy. We live this, and we talked about this in the article. Uh, but for those who aren't familiar, cap tables." When you're an investor in a company, uh, you're on their capitalization table. It means you're a shareholder. um, You have a split of the company. So he says, I'm at the cap table. What the splits is, he's dropping corporate game now. You know, Hove has always been about big money talk. Uh, In the past, it was about drugs then it became about art. And now it's about major financial transactions because that's where he's moved to. I thought that was a a crazy stunt and a, a dope flip on cap which is uh, speaking to a a different generation than what Jay came from. And then the last thing he said is all this, uh, that I'm going to quote, is all this pain from the outside inspired all this growth within. So, you know, for me, and, you know, in looking at the lyrics that I chose throughout, uh, a lot of what I chose has to do with real life and dealing with pain and our response to that what it produces, uh you know, kind of what we all share in in that pain existence. And so Jay talking about the growth that he's had from it and how it's made him a better person, I think is super dope. you know, other things I didn't mention, which we talked about in our article is that he talked a lot about criminal justice reform, and that's something that's been a big thing for him. and that to me is what set this verse apart from other Jay-Z floss verses. but you know um, okay, four months in, you know, three months in, what's your reaction now?
1: It's much better verse than um, I gave it credit. And I said that in the podcast that we taped following that, I think, uh, you know, once I was a little bit on the men, I will tell you, you know, it's still um, not a beat I love. I, I lean towards a more energetic, um, you know, flow centric Jay, not to say he isn't flowing here, but what I think what I think deserves mention, um, not just of Jay, but of several of the verses on our list, that's, that's part of what a great MC is in 2022 is, you know, these are life journals. Jay is not somebody who's, you know, tweeting and posting on Instagram every day. So often what he gives you about his life is going to be in a verse. And, you know, this is not an album year for Jay. He hasn't put out an album since 2018 with the uh, Beyonce album, you know, as the Carters. So he uses this moment to let you know everything that's going on in his life, what's going on in his mind, his relationship with the past and the transformation. And I think that's what's really brilliant. And then to watch, um, you know, Khaled speak about the way that it was recorded, um, you know, the way that he kind of came in the studio, had it in his head, and then Guru to break down that there are three, arguably four levels. It's almost all things Jay say, and there's even stuff in this song about purchasing a new private plane that the general public would never know. So it's like, who is Jay writing for? He's almost writing for himself. And for those in his immediate circle, and that circle gets wider, and like a lot of our listeners and viewers, you know, we're somewhere in the circle as fans, but I think it's an absolutely brilliant verse. Um, I was a little bit frustrated with your headline at the time of this is the best verse of the year. It wasn't something that we had really talked about, But I think that, you know, we operate together under the like, if you're that convicted, go with it. And if you can defend it, do so. And I think your piece did that brilliantly. I did get some pushback from some diehard readers that dropped me, you know, a line. Um, But I stand by what you wrote. And I don't know that it's my personal favorite, you know, verse of the year, which we'll get to, but it is absolutely something that we will be talking about for years to come.
0: Yeah, you know, you talk about Jay and his circles and it's kind of like a full circle moment because the reason why Jay created a reasonable doubt was not for the people, but for people on the streets. You know, he wanted to show people, you know, the crew he was hanging with, that he could do it and never thought that it, it was going to become anything. Never thought that he was going to become a huge artist or anything like that. So this this song goes back to those days, um, both in terms of the substance that it's delivering, but also to your point. The way in which he's delivering the messaging, because once again he's just rapping to his crew, which I think is pretty dope. Um, all right, cool. So next up, uh, JID. You want to? I never go know that? whether
1: to say JID or JID at this point in his career. I know he goes by both. But yeah. um, song you and I unanimously agreed on "Crack Sandwich," and you know I will I will start and say that I think that JID is one of the great snubs of the upcoming Grammys. Um he's put out several quality projects. Um, we were very ground floor in covering him back in 2017. I know he had done stuff previously, um, but this album to me is one of the true hallmarks of growth this year. And whereas, you know, I just I just offered some, some personal taste about Jay of not necessarily having um that energy in his verses he's had sometimes in the past, or maybe that pocketed flow. J.I.D. gives an example of doing just that with this song. I think that much like Freestyle Fellowship, um, he uses his voice as an instrument. You know, he does a thing and he's done this throughout his career, but he's getting even better at it with syncopation. I mean, he plays with the beat and the actual, um, you know, multi-syllabic rhymes. Like J.I.D. is something truly special. Um, And it might not have necessarily the gravity of the verse that you just gave with hope but this is the excerpt that i'll i'll read and it's funny like um me trying to read jid verses doesn't do it justice because he's so nimble with it but he says feel the kick f a fair catch kill him who trying to take the hit first take go to first base stephen a smith west off the hip talking ish like skip or shannon sharp shooting off the top of the cliff so you know there's so much wordplay right there He's comparing a gun to sports pundits, um, but it, it all makes sense. And then he did something that I thought was really cool, especially in 2022. He says, and if I got to bring it to you cowards, then it's going to be sick. Put it in my 10, put in my 10,000 hours while the clock still ticks. That's an homage to DMX on Party Up. like, And he he flips in the middle of the song into a mere delivery. And instead of just reciting X's bars... He's talking about 10,000 hours, what it takes to become a master at something and letting you know the clock still ticks. He's still working at this. And I think that that really embodies J.I.D.'s spirit. Um, He's come in as somebody, you know, I just mentioned like Jay is a huge personality and we've benefited from that because we've known Jay for almost 30 years. Some some hip hop heads have known him longer. J.I.D. is somebody we're still getting to know. He's not somebody who I think, you know, has super impressive interviews or, you know, a big social media presence, like he lets the music do the talking. And this song is just straight bars, you know, shout out to Paige Kennedy. Um, And it's just, just rapping and he takes his own chorus and it's really a a marvel. There's, there's a number of excerpts that I could have read, but I think it's, it's, it's the mirror, it's the marriage of substance and style. Is there anything you would like to add to that?
0: Yeah, a couple things. So one, I agree with you on the technicality, uh, both on JZ and JID. Actually, you know, I don't think that Hull, um, guy did was Ho's most technical rhyme. In fact, I think it was on the lower end of the scale. Um, by contrast, JID, I think, is one of the most technically gifted rappers in hip hop right now. Um, And maybe that goes by ever since like the flows are only getting more and more sophisticated as we go on. So I think that is incredible. Uh, I think the thing that jumped out for me with this song is uh, at the end where he's talking about, um, you know, his family and how they get into an altercation in a club. And, uh, you know, at the end, um, you know, he it, it's, it's talks initially about how the family squabbles, they fight internally. But then at a club, someone steps to them and a, a, his sister. And as soon as like it's on for his sister, it's on for the whole family. And, you know, he, he raps with such detail that you have to believe this is a true story. And I think I saw an interview where he confirmed that it was a true story and so to do so do that so vividly convey such it like like substance in terms of like family dynamics and to do it in such a technical way is just is absurd to do this he's he's special like you said he's special
1: absolutely yeah it's a it's a phenomenal album and and you and I both went crazy for that song and i don't believe that one um you know has been i don't think it has a video or anything like that it's just one of those moments that helps You know, it's a keystone within an album.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Or um, he did Brut and and then I thought the second one was Crack Sandwich uh, for that, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, But in any case, next up is Kendrick Lamar, um, and it's not The Hard Part Five. This is actually Mother I Sober, which is the second to last song on um, the second part of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, this is a song that is very, very low key. It's really just kind of a lilting piano with Beth Gibbons from Porter's Head doing like, um, you know, vocals in a really muted kind of atmospheric way. And it's one of Kendrick Lamar's heaviest songs ever. And he's got a lot of them. Um, you know, he's talking about growing up and, you know, his mom asking him if a family member had abused him. Um, and he says no, and his mom doesn't believe him. And because of that, he starts to question himself, did this happen? like, you know, it repress something? And like, this is his time where he actually like confronts that that memory and those feelings. And so the passage I'll read from that is still living as victims in the public eyes who pledge allegiance. every other brother who has been compromised. I know the secrets, every other rapper sexually abused. I see him daily burying their pain in chains and tattoos. So listen close before you start to pass judgment on how we move. Learn how we cope. What, whenever his uncle had to walk him from school, his anger grows deep in misogyny. This is post-traumatic Black families and a, a sodomy. Today is still active. So, I mean, the passage kind of speaks for itself. Uh, what I thought was notable is you know, him really talking about how this is something that's not discussed amongst the rap community and um, that people are actually, you know, flossing the way they are with material goods and other things because they're burying pain. That's a pretty strong statement. Um, And to like, you know, say every other rapper, you know, I'm sure he doesn't mean literally 50%, but to say that it's as prevalent as it is, is, is pretty powerful. And, you know, then to call out, you know, those critics uh, of, of of MCs and say, listen close before you start to pass judgment on how we move is, uh, you know, it's just it's it's classic Kendrick to me. You know, it's him offering sharp social commentary, self-reflection kind of in, in one in one rap. And um, I, th- I thought it was really dope. You know, there's certain
1: songs that I think really meet the zeitgeist of, our time, zeitgeist of our times. And, you know, I think of Common back in 97, you know, when, you know, he made a song about, you know, the abortion crossroads, is that was an, an issue. And I think, you know, we spend so much time just as the buzzword, mental health, mental health, and, you know, speaking our truths and all of these kind of catchphrases. And Kendrick made a song that, you know, it, is is very pioneering in a lot of ways. I'm sure there's other artists that have addressed it, but given the stage and the platform that Kendrick has right now, this song is huge and it doesn't, it doesn't waver in its technicality. I mean, everything Kendrick spits on, you know, seems to have that advanced level. He clearly treats it like the sport of rapping, but from a substance level, it's a huge record. And it's one that I hope kicks open other doors like this um you know f- for for hip-hop it's one of my favorite songs he's put out this year musically substance wise and I think it absolutely beckons to be on this list yeah absolutely absolutely so two things one you are correct uh about a month ago there is a video for Crack Sandwich I don't like you know miss mis- mis- uh, representing facts so that's true but that, I will say that's not a song that I've ever heard on terrestrial radio me myself um and you know but, but point taken, the the second thing is the record that I spoke of earlier that you called me back in January is up next. Um, Johnny P's Cadillac Caddy by Benny the Butcher featuring J. Cole. And while I love both of those verses, what we established back in January is that J. Cole, you know, continues to be one of the greatest feature snipers of all times. Um, he even says so in the record. And I have to say, you know, Cole has surprised um, you know, his fan base, including myself, throughout the years, he'll pop up on records that I don't see him on, like with Moneybag Yo, or even the early uh the first 21 Savage collaboration. I knew that Benny and I believe Conway were part of the Revenge of the Dreamers three sessions. Um, that didn't materialize on that album. So I knew that these guys were in each other's, you know, orbit and nucleus, but to see it result in this is crazy because it's a record, even down to its title. That is super personal to Benny. You know, it's about um his father's Cadillac. Um that he and, you know, I believe West Side Gun and Conway, you know, those he's cousins with both of them, would ride around and listen to hip hop back in their, you know, back in the 90s as they're coming of age. So you have that, and he's laying it down, you know, why he's one of the best and why Griselda is an you know a major movement, super authentic. And then you have J. Cole coming in and it's an end-to-end burner, you know, truly this this is probably what I would contend is my verse of the year still, um, and, you know, from the minute Jay hits the song, it's like a blues, you know, he talks about, he goes back to the genesis of his arrival of lightning crashes and God being angry, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of those those Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters type, you know, vibes, but the excerpt that I'm going to give you is actually at the end of the song, which I think is is... Um, a testament to J. Cole appearing on something. Um, very generous effort. This has already become the most uh, streamed song of Benny's catalog. I think it was a, absolutely a Grammy snub um, you know, on the rap song level. We, I don't even know if we spoke about that in our recent episode. But even in that, J. Cole doesn't miss the opportunity to say he's the best. So these are the lines. He says, just to count a brother cash, you might need a calculus teacher. Eureka, Einstein, on the brink of the theory of relativity. Really, no MC, equal me, feel me. Cole Penby be lethal, crib like an old MTV show. On God, the best rapper alive, headshot. Now go ask the best rappers that's died. They'll tell you that he never lied. Um, heavy, heavy. Yeah. And, you know, he even, at another place in the song, kind of points out that people have audacity asking him for a feature. So I, I say all that to say, like, I love the fact that Benny was confident enough um, you know, to stand on his own too in the record, which he absolutely does. If this was a longer list, I would put Benny's verse on it. I do think it's one of the, the better verses this year. But J. Cole, as he's done, you know, he did it with Sojourner, with Rhapsody. He's done it, you know, Um, he did it with uh, Crit. I mean, he's got a long streak of of just sniper feature verses. And this one is everything. And, you know, one, one last thing I'll say is you mentioned the value of the beat. Alchemist produced this song um, in a year where he did, you know, an album for Rock Marciano, an album with Currency. Um, he just put out a three pack in the last month. Um, and I would say that this is one of my favorite Alchemist beats of all time. The beat is insane. Um, and and J. Cole just destroys it.
0: Yeah, this song is incredible. Um, you know, just tra- full transparency. When Jake and I were preparing for this, one of his contenders was Benny uh Benny's verse on this. and I, I think that Benny's verse is woefully overlooked just because Cole's verse is so insane. But man, one of the things you didn't mention, um is he talks about like, you know, uh not he, he wouldn't that he would basically take Jesus out on a feature if if he uh, if Jesus had him drop with him like, That's like goes back to Nas's, you know, snuffing Jesus on uh, Live at the Barbecue. Like Cole is in a whole other place with these features right now. There's nobody that can tend with him. And, you know, it's got me thinking because there's been a couple of opportunities for him and Kendrick to kind of go toe to toe. And both times Kendrick has opted to uh, do something sing-songy that wasn't really a rap or or just like, you know, give a, a hook. And not a verse. So one was forbidden fruit on born sinners, and the other one was uh, American Dream. um, uh, Jeezy, Cole, and Kendrick, and Cole blacked out on that too. And we all, a lot of people might remember that there was a rumor J Cole Kendrick Lamar project that was coming, and that never materialized. I'm starting to wonder, like, does Kendrick not want that smoke? Like, I I don't think I I would ever say that, and I I don't. It's hard for me to believe, but it's it's a weird coincidence that every time, you know, typically most competitors step up and like want to go bar for bar bar and blow for blow in those situations. And Cole clearly has. So I don't know. But I I will say this, that uh, if anybody puts J. Cole in a song, I'm putting my money on J. Cole right now. The dude is just that nasty.
1: He's great. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I prefer some of his feature verses to some of his own, you know, just straight up J. Cole songs. And that's not a slight. And I'll add to the fact that J. Cole produced one of the best Kendrick songs ever in High Power. Um, You know, so when that project was teased, which was more than 10 years ago, when both of those guys were not the superstars they are today, even then it was a it was a, you know, quite the temptation.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the next one is uh the shortest verse than, that I can ever recall hearing in 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 life, in like all my time listening to rap music. Um yet yeah, it is still one of the most powerful verses I've ever heard, and uh certainly one of, if not the ber- best rap verse of the year for me. Um, and that's Lupe Fiasco. He has a song called On Phonem, um, off his album Um uh, what's it called? Drill you? music in Zion. Drill, Drill music in Zion. Right. And I, I'll confess that I slept on this album at first. I listened to it. I liked it. Um, I did. I put a couple songs in a playlist. I didn't go back to it. Uh, about three or four months later, I went back to it, and this song came on, and I heard the verse, and it blew me away. And I gotta say, part of it might have been context because there's some things that happened. Uh, over the course of the year that made the verse that much more powerful. But even without it, it's such a, it's such a historical legacy thing for hip hop that, um, that, you know, it resonates no matter it's this year or, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the verse is simply rappers die too much. And so when you think about that in the context of PB rock and Takeoff and, the you know, 60 plus rap artists that have died in the last you know 30 years or so, just an astronomical number. Uh, you can't say something more uh, poignant, direct, or accurate than rappers die too much. Now, Lupe goes on in the second verse to expound upon that, but I think that that verse speaks for itself. And you know, I, I think I got to give credit to Lupe in a way that I've never done before. I recently saw a dissect uh, breakdown of his Touch the Sky verse on Kanye's record and I urge everyone to go out and find that. Like um, it, Lupe plays with numbers in that verse in a way that is just absolutely mind-blowing. I think he is severely underrated. I think that's part of what Mickey Fax was getting at, and the whole battle between Lois uh, between Royce, Lupe, and, and, and Mickey. I think Lupe is criminally underrated in his creativity and powerfulness, like this, which which um, underscore that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I kind of looked at it, and when we agreed on this verse, I mean that, you know, he says that line, and that also doesn't. It's not exclusive to to violence. I mean, it's just death. Period, and. And we've watched a lot of great artists um, and just members of our community, our, our, our hip hop community, pass away, including in the last week, from just illness and, and other causes. And it it is the dooming cloud of of present day. You know, every year it's like it just doesn't stop. But I I think even beyond that line, what he says in the second verse is is a really strong song, and I agree with you. I'm I'm starting to, I was of the mind, you know, I thought food and liquor. You know, was one of the best albums of that decade. Um, I really liked the cool as a follow-up. Lupe was interesting. He came out like very, you know, insulated movement out of Chicago, kind of brought his own producers and his own crew with first and fifteenth. And then when he turned um and had and found the pop success that he did with Lasers, I was part of the community that turned my back on Lupe. Um, and just not not turned my back like it was, but I just lost interest. And I, I've seen a lot over the last decade, him making joints like murals that you know, remind you he is exactly who he was at the onset of his career in the Touch the Sky you know, guest verse. And this is a stark reminder that not only is Lupe technically great, but he's feeling it like we're feeling it, and he's saying something about it. And to make that part of the song the way that he did is, is genius, for sure. And I do stand by the recent headline that you came up with in the wake of Takeoff's death that really affirm this verse. And I'm glad to see it appear on this list as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are
0: waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
1: or um next up is another kind of in a similar tone um kendrick lamar's the heart part five which is a verse that you know you had mentioned earlier is, is very much being recognized by the grammys um you and i spent some time recently you know speaking about the role of these heart you know kind of drops that kendrick would do there really cool promotional tools that I think were for core fans to let you know that he was coming. Um, But, you know, they were kind of like that last playoff that last preseason game before the season starts. Like, you know, you're playing full contact, you're, you're you're excited, you know, that something's there, but they were never part of the album for a reason. And I know that, you know, Kendrick fans, myself included, you know, have some favorites this year. um, It was a little bit different. And this was another case, uh, the song and video released on Mother's Day, correct? Yeah, on Mother's Day. That's right. And you texted me. uh, It was another time where I uh, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I wasn't in a position, and and you handled it. And I listened to the song before I saw the video. And, you know, so the video kind of cues you in on all the different things that Kendrick is, is referencing. But in the third verse in particular in the song, I remember in the midst of the verse having this realization of of what he's speaking about, and Kendrick writes from the first person of, of Nipsey Hustle, which I think is, first of all, brilliant. I mean, we've seen we've seen concepts. I think of Nas rapping as Rakim, and or, you know, doing the unauthorized biography. Not he wasn't in the first person, but we've seen, you know, people rap as a gun, or rap as a bullet, or rap as as, as a drug, we've seen metaphors used, but Kendrick takes it to another place and it's very personal to him. I mean, you know, he and Nipsey work together. They are definitely um, peers. You know, I, I would say that Nip was out, you know, a few years before Kendrick, but I know that they were both making their inroads. And what's so crazy about this song is that, you know, Kendrick does it really artfully in the beat, you know, references a Marvin Gaye sample, um, That that conjures, you know, soulfulness and all of this. And this is the excerpt I'll read. Kendrick says, Everything is everything. This isn't coincidental. I woke up that morning with more heart to give you. As I bleed through the speakers, feel my presence. To my brother, to my kids, I'm in heaven. To my mother, to my sis, I'm in heaven. To my father, to my wife, I'm serious. This is heaven. To my friends, make sure you count them blessings. To my fans, make sure you make them investments. And so the killer that sped up my demise, I forgive you. Just know that your soul's in question. And, you know, only Kendrick Lamar could get away with that. I mean, like, and I'm, I'm curious, it's one of the mysteries of the music that Kendrick has released this year, having only done really two and a half interviews. You know, did he step to Lore in London? Did he step to Black Sam? Did he ask permission to, to take that position I'll know, you know, we don't know at this point, but I think the song is 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 so heavy. And even in reading those lines, like the arm on my hairs is standing up because it's just it's so real. It's a reminder, not only on you know, just how precious life is, but also it's kind of a, a textbook of of how to mourn for Nipsey, of how to be mindful of investments, of what this man stood for, what Kendricks friend did. And the fact that he puts it in the third verse and not in the top, it just gives the song such gravitas. And um, you know, I will be I will be really pleased if this song gets Grammy recognition because it deserves that trophy to go with what you and I and and so many other hip hop heads know what it means to the culture.
0: Yeah, it's masterful. You know, just even hearing you read those lyrics like gave me chills because like you said, he just captures N- Nip- Nipsey's essence so well. You know, Nipsey was so much about financial empowerment and buying back the block and, you know, and the depth of saying, like, I forgive you, and but your soul's in question. I mean, man, that's heavy. You know, to y- your your question, I would think that, you know, given the the proximity you know that he would show the video to lauren and and, you know maybe not to get permission but as a heads up because not only is it rapping from his perspective but like you said it's actually got his image in there nipsey's image you know as if nipsey is rapping the words himself that'd be pretty bold to do without you know giving the family at least a heads up and you know i think that both he and Dave are uh, savvy enough um, and empathetic enough to do that. But uh, man, what a song. And, you know, like you said, I think that as powerful as this song is, it benefited from one Kendrick's um, long absence and the anticipation that it built up over this, but then too, um, you know, the, the visuals, the visuals just really kind of drove it home. So yeah, incredible. So next up is uh, something on a much lighter note. Um, And, you know, I might get all the smoke for this and I'm ready for it. But Drake, I believe, is one of the best in the game. Um, You know, where Drake doesn't necessarily, he does tell stories because like on March 14th, where he revealed the existence of his son, um, that was a masterful um, story, I thought. Uh, but most of his rhymes are really about punchlines. He takes after his mentor and friend Lil Wayne in that regard. But the thing that makes his punchline so lethal is a lot of people just say, you know, stuff that sounds slick. Drake is saying stuff that he believes to be true and he is going for your neck. And he's giving like messages, sometimes subliminal, sometimes overt to people in each of these. And um, I think that that makes him kind of a, an assassin lyrically. So the song is Middle of the Ocean. It's on his project with 21 Savage, um, Her Loss. Uh, it is the only song, uh, I believe, that is just featuring Drake. And is Drake being Drake, like really rapping coincidentally. Incidentally, um, I just saw... Um, an interview where they both acknowledge writing some of each other's lines on this album, which I, I found to be very interesting, and particularly given the controversy around Drake in the past, uh, with ghostwriting. I'm convinced that this is 100% Drake because it just sounds so Drake. But, um, so some of the lines I pull out were so ignorant in our hood, they'd be like, Why the F you making techno? I'm worldwide, and just and this is just another cargo jet flow, I had to let go. So that one, I mean, you know, why are you making techno? Um, Drake released another project uh, about six, seven months ago called Honestly, Nevermind, which was a house project. And a lot of people were scratching their heads on it. Um, But first of all, it was produced by Black Coffee. It was a legit house project. If you listen, if you talk to DJs who are in the house music, many of them love this project. Um, Shout out to my guy, Kunal. But Drake is so much bigger than rap, like, you know, it's bigger than hip hop, like Drake is an international pop superstar. And um, that's in large part to how diverse he is in his his, um, musical output. So he can do bars like this, he can sing for, you know, whoever wants to hear that he can do house music, he can do it all. So you know, why am I making this, you know, because I'm worldwide, and this is just another cargo jet flow, another stunt. Because Drake's private plane is a cargo jet, is a gigantic jumbo, like I think 757 or 767, whatever, like that's his private plane. And he had to let go. So that's that's that. So when he's not flying his own private plane, uh, the next line says, Robert Kraft sent the jet for us. That ish was patriotic. You, should, you would think we're living in Baltimore the way they're raving about the latest product. So Robert Kraft being the owner of the Patriots. Okay. Speaks for itself. Send him a jet for them. Probably true. You would think we live in Baltimore the way they raven. I mean, okay. Sports metaphors. We got it. Um, about the latest product. This dude is crazy. All right. So next lines, um, first got to America. Brothers wouldn't check for me. No chance the kid will make it here like vasectomy. Um, oh man. Okay. (laughs) We, we know what that is, but like people were hating on Drake. He's Canadian, you know, he's biracial, he's soft, he's this, he's that. Uh, no one was checking for him and no chance he would make it, you know, so speaks for itself. And here's the petty part of Drake, right? So the next line I pull out is sidebar Serena, your husband, a groupie. He claimed he got a problem, but no boo. It's like you coming for sushi. It's Like you coming for sushi, uh, so Serena Williams and Drake dated. Uh, we don't, I don't even know Serena Williams' uh, husband's name. Do you? No, okay, so there's no reason to call this dude out, right? It, this is Drake, like, but still, he's gonna be petty. Uh, he's call him out, and you know, he says, uh, he, he says, we don't have a problem, but Nobu, for those who don't know, Nobu is a high-end sushi restaurant um it's like you coming for sushi uh and then he after that he goes on a whole four or five bars of double entendres about sushi and miso and like you know uh hamachi and suzuki and drake is just he is the king of wordplay and pettiness and truthfulness and cleverness and uh i just love this song so what you got
1: can't tell you who to love, man. I can't tell you what to love. <laughs> I, uh, to me, um, you know, and I I texted you something recently, like I thought that nonstop was one of the best, you know, rap verses of 2018 Drake, you know, I know I'm more critical of him than you are, especially as Drake, the MC, you know, when he gets in his rapping bag, look out. I, I really like the honestly nevermind project, even though that's not something we'll be discussing, you know, here This one, I don't know. Um, I do think it's one of the more remarkable verses from this project from Drake, but I don't know that it's something that'll stand the test of time. Maybe, you know, of the timeline of, you know, that romantic relationship and just the pettiness that you spoke of. I do agree with you. Drake is very good at, um, you know, writing those, those stream of conscious bars of like what's going through my mind for better or worse. Boom, here it is. But this isn't one that, you know, this isn't a Marvin's Room to me. This isn't a Calabasas, you know, at, uh, what was it, Calabasas at 3 a.m. You know, this isn't one 4 that, I'll be, yeah. 4 that I'll be
0: coming back to. That's just personal taste, though. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I don't know that I'm ever going to convince you on a Drake song, but I, I love the authenticity, man. I, I think there are a few people who write more um, raps that they're speaking true, truly from the heart than, than this dude, but.
1: You know, I spoke of beat changes recently and the beat change in the middle of the song, that second beat is nuts, you know? Yeah, um it's crazy. And, and I, you know, Drake definitely uh, has not eased up on his penchant for sport rapping, even with all of the accolades and success. Um, so with that theme in mind, I'll, I'll go for one that's on my list. And this was No Gold Teeth um, by Black Thought. And this is one of those cases. I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned it because you know, we talk about the length of a verse. And, and to me, one of the moments of the last decade is Black Thought's Funkmaster Flex Freestyle, and he just went off the rails. But the crazy thing is, is that for fans of Thought and for fans of The Roots, Black Thought's done that on a consistent basis. And I definitely always argue that he's better today than he was on Do You Want More? And that's not to slight that MC either. Um, and this project with Danger Mouse um, Cheat Codes Again, it's one that I really was hoping to see in the Grammys consideration. It's certainly one of the albums this year that I hold in the highest. Um, And just for an excerpt of bars, you know, I could go any place in the song because it's a lot more than 16 and it's just good old school hip hop. You know, there's a little bit of a vocal sample and it's just a loop. And to see Danger Mouse come back to his underground hip hop roots, to see Black Dot, you know, certainly showing his affinity for, Marley mall juice crew style rapping. I, I'm all, I'm all in, but the verse that I'm going to share is, is actually the top of the song where he says, when in my face hound at my heels at the end, I'm winning this race only then I can chill. But till then, don't ever try to stagnate the magnate. When the money's on the line, never make the bag wait. I just add weight till the bag, until the bag break that holy swag, make the cash, get the gas face. In the first place, I got no MF in business coming in last place. Like, come on, man. That's, that's, that's why I love this. This is why I'm, you know, a a B-boy for life. Like that sentiment, that bravado, that attitude is it. And the work ethic and just, he starts cinematic of like, you know, cool hand Luke, got the, the hounds chasing him, you know, but the winds in his face, he's going against the grain. That's, that's, that's everything I love in Black Thought. So, you know, there's a lot of great songs. There's a lot of great verses on that album. This one doesn't have a guest. Um, It's what hooked me from Rip. We did a site post, put it on the playlist for a while. I got to give it its props.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a dope effort from Black Thought. You know, it's hard to recall any efforts that aren't dope from him. Um, Yeah, I got to say that this one, to your point before about Drake, is not one that sticks out to me as uh, something that's going to be remembered um, because it's technical, it's wordplay, but um, I didn't hear a lot of substance there. It's a lot of bravado, to your point. Um, and I love that aspect of hip-hop. And, uh, you know, always want, I'm always there for it with Black with Black Thought. But when it comes to verses that stand out for me that are, are you know, year in. This one isn't one that that I, w- I would include. Okay. Well, my dogs disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's Theo in Philly. In Philly. That makes sense, too. In Philly. Uh, all right. So we're back on bad terms now. Um, so next up for me is Conway stressed. And man, we talked earlier about real versus this might be, I mean, Okay, so Lupe was a super real verse, but it wasn't about him personally. It was a feeling that he had. Conway in this song, um, it was really hard to choose because there's two verses that are just so incredibly powerful, but these are autobiographical and uh, saying some of the, the... the deepest things I've ever heard really on wax. Like in Conway, he, he's done this before. Um, the realest shit I ever wrote. He's done this on a, on a number of occasions where he is just brutally honest about his life circumstance. And so on this one, he says, uh, brothers don't understand oppression is real. People stressing about real life shit. You stressing your bills. And not too long after my cousin hung himself, I never told nobody, but I lost a son myself. Imagine being in the hospital holding your dead baby and he looked just like you. You're trying to keep from going crazy. That's why I drink a bottle daily for all the shit I keep bottled in lately. I mean, that is just, I mean, the revelation, right? We talked about Drake revealing on record that he had a son. This is Kanye Conway saying not only did he have a son, but he lost a son. Um, and the effects of that, the depression, the, the alcohol abuse, like, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of verse that for me, like, while it might not be like super technical or anything, I I don't know that I'll forget this verse ever, you know, Uh, it's such a strong and powerful statement. And, um, you know, I went back and have been listening to this album as we prepare for our year and and wrap up. And this is one of those just stuck out to me. as just being very, very special. It's rare that an artist is this honest and courageous. And I think that it's, part therapy, um, but also part like sharing an experience with the hopes that someone else is going through something might take something from it and uh, feel like they're not alone. And that, that's what makes it so powerful for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely one of my favorite songs on God don't make mistakes. And it wasn't when we started talking earlier this week about our list, this wasn't on yours and to see it added Um, really impressed me. And I agree with you, it's especially as far as what Conway is capable of on the technical side. And, you know, really just, you know, punctuating a delivery. Um, This isn't that, but instead, I I would say that it's the growth. I mean, Conway has given us um, in places, you know, he's talked about getting shot. He's talked about, you know, Bell's palsy. He's talked about a lot of the circumstances in his life, but he's going new places and he doesn't have to wrap like a battle rapper in all the places the two songs my favorite two songs that conway has himself put out this year are this and chanel pearls with jill scott um which show a new side and that's interesting too because conway is somebody i mean all the griselda guys are so prolific so how are you gonna how are you gonna you know um evolve and transform and and for a time last year you know we started seeing conway rap over trap beats and kind of really try to make those changes with production, which isn't to say that he won't do that again, but instead I'm seeing just a level of um, intimacy and vulnerability in his raps. And and this absolutely, I mean, I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, similar to the kind of the pettiness of Drake um, and a little bit of just the bravado and swagger of Black Thought, I wanted to give props to an MC who... Really impressed me this year, and it's an MC that people have been advocating for a long time. And I'll be fully transparent: this MC has made songs that I've liked, but I've never seen the hype really of. And, and that's Remy Ma, and I mean, shout out to Remy. She's a she's a at this point, you know, a 25 year veteran. Um, I remember her coming in on the uh, Annie Up Remix with M.O.P. and Busta Rhymes and Teflon. And having a really kind of fire in the stadium moment back in 2000. And, you know, she's had a number of hits from Conceited all the way up, you know, on and on. And this joint um, really blew me away because it's a cool song. It's from DJ Premier's album um, in conjunction with hip hop's upcoming 50th anniversary, you know, with the, uh, you know, celebratory birthday. And again, this is a place where I'm just going to start at the top. And and Remy takes shots while still shows why she can back it up. To paraphrase, uh, who was that? Little Kim I'd pop a lot of shit because I can back it up. Was that Fifty Cent? Anyway, Remy says, "No lie, it's only like five females in the game that can really rap. Got followers and fame and a name, so they think in that they can now be listed with the spitters. B, imagine that they talking about your lace front when you're when when I say your ish is wiggity whack." They know what's going to happen to the ass if Remy on the track and no, I ain't trying to be catty. They know they really lack you asked out without your ass out. And that's really facts. Um, you know, this is punchline rap and you know, Remy has, has a long history of, of kind of putting elbows into some very high profile peers that happen to be female and happen to rap. Um, DJ premier killed this beat. It's a joint. The name of the song is Remy rap. It's half Remy half Rhapsody. And when the album came out, I mean, this album features Nas, it features Joey Badass, Run the Jewels, Lil Wayne, Slick Rick. I would not have picked Raps, or excuse me, I would not have picked Remy to be the verse that I consider to be the best on the album. And that's no slight to Rhapsody; she does a damn thing on the other half of the song. But I do want to give credit because when it comes to, you know, this kind of rap, I think I think Remy Ma did the damn thing, and it it made my list.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, uh, just the brutality of saying there's only five MCs, women MCs who can really rap. is just that resonated with our audience. It resonated with me. It's like, whoa. Um, You know, the other thing is, I I, I can't remember if you read this line or not, but like uh, she says that, you know, people always think that her raps are, are pap Papoose, her husband. Um, I don't think that Remy gets enough credit for her pen game. You know, um, I think back to when she did that diss of Nicki Minaj um, with the Ether track, she it. and that was just, just was one of the best disses I've ever heard. Is uh, maybe top ten for me. It was just ridiculous and went ham uh, when we published that. I think R- Remy deserves her flowers, man. To your point, like uh, I think that. Joy had a dope verse on that project too but I'm not mad at the at the notion that Remy had the best verse on a project that included Joy Badass, Nas, Lil Wayne, um run Jules, uh and Rhapsody. I mean that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Uh but yeah, I I'm, I'm there for it.
1: And I think it's her first collaboration with Premier. Primo's worked with a lot of
0: those people before and I
1: I could be wrong but I don't think that I am. Um but anyway, I'm glad we're on the same page with that.
0: Yeah, and you know, they've been so good and their energy is so great together, uh, that I've been advocating that they do uh um a joint album, uh Remy and Rhapsody. Uh I think that would be an awesome group and awesome project. So I hope that comes to fruition, but we shall see. So I next agree. up great video. Go
1: ahead I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next up is uh, an MC that might not be familiar to, to a lot of people, but his name is Simba. And, you know, he is a young lion, as his name um, indicates. He has a song called Goat, which, you know, it's the age-old debate, who is the Goat MC? And he answers it very deftly in, his, in, in a rap form, very conversational, um, where he's telling a story and articulating ideas. Uh, but all in rap form and um I pulled these bars out but really it's it's one this is one of those instances where the whole song is one verse and it's, this is doesn't do it full justice because it's from start to finish the concept is is that anyone can be the goat or no one is the goat because it's all subjective and we need to dispense with it particularly since that Rappers from different eras didn't compete with one another. One of the things that I left off was he talks about GOAT athletes and, like, how can you say that Tom Brady's the the GOAT when he didn't face Joe Montana or that Floyd Mayweather was the GOAT when he didn't face Sugar Ray, um, you know, or that Jordan was the GOAT when he didn't face LeBron. Like, he gets into stuff like that. So he's he's both, like, um, referencing all these GOAT discussions while debunking them at the same time. But the lines that I pulled out were, you know, you fight uphill battles while pushing the culture forward. And the shit they neglect you for make the legends respect you more. See, now the game is based off narratives and comparisons. Anything could be true if you get enough people sharing it. How could the facts be faced when this issue is opinion based? Anyone can enter the race with a mic and an interface. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. I'm the GOAT. That's why I think I'm the GOAT. I got the glow and the greatest flow. I inspired brothers to push more than dope. I gave them hope. I mean, you know, anybody can enter the race with a mic and an interface. And if there's enough people sharing it, like just the digital debate too, like he's special. His insights and like uh, the way that he portrays things is um, I think very... very, very um, insightful. So, yeah.
1: I agree, man. I did a press bio for Simba. Um, I helped him with his press bio back in 2013. I mean, he has been somebody that's well over a decade on the grind. He's from Antioch, California. I believe he spent some time growing up in Las Vegas and now he's got a joint venture with Atlantic, just put out a gangster grills with DJ drama. Definitely. I can't even necessarily say comeback. I mean, Simba's done his numbers before, but he's having a wake up moment in 2022. And I love to see it because he's such a talented dude. And you certainly like that song more than I did, but I think it's an incredible concept. And as somebody who kind of gets a little eye rolly with the term GOAT, and with everybody's five MC list being often redundant, we did a whole episode kind of dedicated to that concept. I really like what this song says. And he comes up with a super clever way of verbalizing it. So, you know, as the case with any of these, I know I pushed back a bit on Drake. I don't have a huge objection here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So next up, you know, like Simba 2022 put another uh, some names on the radar that might not have been there before. In this case, it's a group um, Coast Contra, which is a foursome a Philly to L.A. foursome. Uh Raz Austin, Eric, uh Taj Austin, um, Ria Los and Eric Jamal. So some Philly LA roots and Raz, or excuse me, um, Raz and Taj are the children of Tidra Moses and Razkaz. So some major, major roots there. I believe Tidra, you know, raised them, but they certainly, you know, spit uh on par with their father. And you alluded to it earlier. Um You know, one of the songs this year that really blew me away was a freestyle, the scenario freestyle. And this was one you actually sent to me. Um, But do you want to talk about that before I get into my pick or?
0: No, let's say that one for the end. Let's say that one for the end. Yeah.
1: So I am including them. I think that this foursome, um, they, you know, knee jerk comparisons like to an odd future and native tongues just don't do them justice. These guys. They're doing really cool things with videos. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, of Toby Nwegwe, you know, of, of using the visual medium effectively. But for them, it's four guys rapping at a table, you know, in like a podcast studio. A lot of their videos are this, but they rap with such fervor and they bring routines back. I mean, you think of your Kid in Plays, your De La Souls, your Leaders of the New School. These guys clearly write in tandem. Um, so the verse that I wanted to highlight is the never freestyle. And although that's a title, it's not, you know, it it was released as a song. Um, they performed on the tonight show and the verse, I could give it up to any one of these guys, but I'm going to go with Roz, uh, who's, who's verse three. And he says, 2022, twin coming. Mama had us on a full stomach, emerged out the whim, two heads better than oneness I look like him, but y'all ish redundant. We already run it. Foot on your neck, just baby step. God protect these clowns who showboat object. Round brothers whose flows could drown Noah's architect. All due respect. We don't all respect what you do. That ish week. Hope it work out too. I could go any number of places, but it's interesting. You know, he's saying he's got an identical twin brother who's in the group they're referencing each other they're talking about their mom and they're coming in and just letting you know that coast contra represents um a new wave a new attitude a callback and and the the beat to this song is one of my favorite beats of the year full disclosure i have no idea who produced it but it it sounds like what you know bomb squad might in 2022 it's an attack on your ear and these guys come in on 10 um just with that energy and you know as i read these lyrics what you're not hearing is the way that they're they're reacting um we'll talk about a freestyle that they did where they play into hyping each other up but um in an era of new blood these guys are 100 percent on my radar and this whole song just goes
0: yeah i mean uh i got no i have no objection to like how dope they are i think um Their delivery is incredible. The way that they bounce off of each other brings that frenetic energy that you have in some of the best posse cuts. Every single one of them is supremely gifted in wordplay. Their energy is off the charts. Uh, They are a sight to behold. And I think the visuals help quite a bit with them too. So next up for me is uh, Joey Badass. This is my last pick. Um, His song, Head High. So this is a song that was a single ahead of his um album 2000 it was eventually included on that project came out with a cross colors uh performance and then the official single uh I can't remember who it was uh it may have been a couple of people but someone said that the Joy Badass had the 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 single of the year or the record of the year when it first came out um the song Head high is about about like uh about the strife that 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 Joey has gone through and that a lot of rappers go through in, in terms of like, you know, violence. And again, in a year where we've lost uh, P&B Rock and Takeoff and others, um, it resonates particularly strongly. Um, Joey did a, the, the second verse was about him going down and meeting Ex- Ex- and and establishing a friendship with him. X offered him an opportunity to stay at his place. Joy declined, but they recorded together. Joy gave him really constructive feedback, which X took, um, you know. And then, you know, they they worked. And then, obviously, we know what happened to X X uh, His life ended by the same fate that plagues a lot of people referenced on the song. Joy did a performance on the BET Hip Hop Awards though in October, where he redid the verse and made it um, more broad, and it was extremely powerful. The performance had uh, a bunch of people behind him wearing all black with uh, white letters and numbers on the back, and the letters represented a rapper. The number represented the their order in the deaths of the 60 rappers that have been killed since Scott LaRock in 1987, I believe, um, or 86. and Joey, um, you know, in this verse, he, he, he rapped, I pray my execution won't be televised. Lord forbid I die by homicide. Rappers dying nowadays is normalized. While these record labels getting paid off the traumatized. Black lives sponsoring the genocide. Tantalizing young kids, I sit back and analyze. Channeling Tupac and Big, difference is I'm ready to live. You ain't got to live by the gun to die by the bullet. That's why I live my life to the fullest. Um, I mean, I think the verse just speaks for itself. So powerful um, about how it's been normalized. Like, I got to admit that now you hear it, you see the headline, you become numb to it. Like, it's just just, another one. Like, it just is, and, you know, pointing out the fact that record labels are profiting off this death, I think is very powerful too. And also taking accountability. You know, we spent a lot of time over the last several years talking about uh, the unjust uh, killing of unarmed black people by police officers of different colors. Um, But, you know, so much of uh, black on black black, uh, violence is black on black and Joey calling that out. um, I just think it's a really, really powerful record. It is.
1: And that performance really accentuated that record. It did more for me than just hearing it on my own. There's another record um, that you and I had, it was both on our little bit extended list, um, Survivor's Guilt, where Joey speaks about capital stees, And while well, he's done that before, you know, he did this one really kind of speaking very freely about where they were in their front. You know, Joey, I, I said it with JID, Joey Badass has made great albums before. Um, 2000, I think marks, you know, a new frontier for him. And I'm really disappointed it didn't get that Grammy love. And, and this, this verse matters, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I really like those, those, um, bars you highlighted. Yeah. So for me, the last on my list is a familiar face to people that really appreciate the craft of emceeing Elzai. Um, so Elzy put out a project this year, uh, a play on a word I used earlier in this podcast, it's called zeigeist, and it's produced by Georgia Ann Muldrow, who fans of, of, uh, Contemporary jazz and Stones Throw and Mellow Music Group will know. Um, I believe she is in a relationship, a partnership with Dudley Perkins, you know, who heads know from the early days of Stones Throw, and she is a dope producer. has worked with Erica Badu and a number of people. And Elza is another artist that you know, for as 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 crazy as he was as a soloist um, in his years with Slum Village. I think that he continues to break new ground and he's a master at concept. You know, we, we spoke about it with Simba and Lupe, but the song that that really came to my mind this year is called King-ish, Say Word. Um, And it's Elzai doing everything that he does of, of perfectly symmetrical bars, you know, compound rhyme schemes and, you know, sort of like what we're saying with Jay, there's there's a light level and there's a depth level to what he's saying. Um, so th- this is, I could highlight any number of things in this song, but in the, uh, in the second verse, he says, I was on cassette speaking murder over caution tape. I got a question. Does anybody make music anymore? Like Biggie at 24 or Nas and 9-4, I hear lies behind war. Y'all thought it was curtains. I just disguised the encore. You should have kept a bar of who you thought of stepping on. That's the luck of the draw, a leprechaun with his weapon drawn. I will have you on the next thing smoking like a rain from the L train to an X-wing. Then rock the boat more smoother than a war cruiser and beat stiff competition till they sore losers. Even the way that I read that doesn't do it justice because L's flows with such a compound rhythm and the way that he raps and you know this is one of those self-affirming songs of reminding you why he's a king but similar to Simba also looks at this concept of of you know who is the best and why that might not be an even playing field this album you know definitely is is one of my favorite this year and this song is absolutely a highlight and as I look at 10 verses um you know this this was something that makes the list.
0: Yeah, man, it would not surprise me if when the stats are released, this ends up being my most played record of the year. I love this song. Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. this song. And it's lasted, it's it's one of the oldest, if not the oldest, it's the second oldest song on the playlist um, right now, which we keep um, pretty updated, but it's probably about four or five months old, um, maybe no six or seven months old, I should say. Uh, I just can't I can't take my um bear to take it off because it's just so dope. The beat is incredible. to your point, his flow is magnificent. And what he's saying is just incredible. You know, my only critique of it is that um, while there's some uh, depth there in terms of, you know, does anyone make music anymore and the critique about like where um rap music is these days? There's also the kind of like bravado bluster, um, you know, that is um, is part and parcel to a lot of rap, you know, and uh, I'm not saying I don't love that. You know, I think the vast majority of rap falls into that place. But the rap that sticks out to me the most and to your point earlier, criticism about Drake, what I'm going to remember years from now is going to be the stuff of substance, you know, the stuff that is unique, speaks to a a core, um, you know, theme or issue or, you know, uh, emotion or whatever it is. And so that would be the only thing. But, But again, I cannot profess my love for this record more. It is incredible.
1: Word. Well said. Well, we alluded to it earlier, but I want to talk about one record that we didn't put on the list just in terms of framework. Um, and you, I think, is, is who kind of put it on our collective shortlist, but it is Coast Contra. It's the scenario freestyle. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So J- Jake broke down Coast Contra a couple um, entries ago. They are a supremely talented crew of four MCs, and they did a freestyle over Tribe Called Quest scenario and wow oh wow did they match the energy of that track like um you know just their raps are bombastic and it's not long um it's not any person like doing an extended verse each MC will take four or five bars at a time and then pass it off to the next one and then back and forth and they got the super animated like you know buster rhymes like you know uh movements and like up and down and like um and You know, the first time I watched it, I was just focused on the song itself and listening. The second time, they have the captions throughout, and I actually read the lyrics, and their lyricism is absolutely mind blowing. The wordplay, the double entendres. Again, like, you know, we said before, like, not necessarily speaking of super substance, but they do it so artfully and so technically that uh, I think it could be it it could be argued that it's the best rap performance, like vocal performance of the year in terms of just how supremely gifted uh, these guys are. But, you know, you, you got anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just when you watch the video, too, they love doing this. And, you know, I'm I'm, you know, 30 some years into a hip hop love affair and then we all have those times where we might go a week and not listen to hip hop or listen to other things listen to break beats and when I watch these guys. I feel the love that I have, you know for the culture and they, they clearly care about each other care about the craft of rapping, I think it's so cool that you know the twins come from a family heritage. Rio speaks in uh he raps in English and Spanish which is super dope to me. I mean we you know not the first to do that. We see that you know um a host of places but there's just a there's a really cool vibe to them and the way that they connect and we've we've often I think you and I have said like the hip hop group is endangered. What we see now are super groups. So to see four kids kind of marry their fortunes together. Not kids but young men and try to make this happen and kill a Tonight Show performance, put out these freestyles, put out an album. They're working with Sierra, Toby Nwegwe. I'm really excited to see what this foursome has in store. And yeah, definitely one of the bright spots in 2022 for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, speak for yourself. I can't remember going a week without hip hop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a, a day or two, but uh, but yeah, point taken. Uh, and I could not agree more. I, I am really looking forward to this project, I think it's gonna be super dope. Yeah. All right, so we've now gone through 14 uh verses and we agree upon six. We want to try and cut this to 10.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, I'm gonna advocate. So, I'm going to to your point, I'm gonna withdraw. Um, Drake, Middle of the Ocean, as dope as I think that verse is, it's just Drake being Drake, you know, talking his shit. And, you know, um, I can't say it's much different than 20 other dope Drake verses I've heard before. Um, uh, Simba, Goat, man, that's a hard one for me because I really, really love that song. But if I had to choose two that I would go to the map for, It would be Joey's um, Head High verse, uh, the second verse from the Hip Hop Awards version, and uh, Conway Stressed. I think those are two of the realest verses you're going to hear in a year. Um, uh, Joey's in a year where, well, every year it seems to be where we lose um, artists to gun violence, but like, you know, it seems to be more pronounced over the last two or three years. And Conway for just writing, like Kendrick, one of the most vulnerable verses I've ever heard. Um, and so Stressed and um, uh, and Head High would be the two that I would ride hard for.
1: Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a conundrum. I think you make a really good point with Elzai. And I love, um, I love the love you showed that song, what you said, which isn't even something I realized. But I think that, you know, to your point with Drake, like we've seen great verses from Elzai, for 25 years now um i think elzai is going to get his flowers from this podcast perhaps another place i would withdraw that Ooh, those three left and i think i know where you're going to go with it i kind of turn it over to you this is like i'm like in a little bit of a sophie's choice moment because i love to me that is one of the best black dot versus on wax in in a while and that's that says a lot i really do want to expand you know i think i think I could have gone with any of the verses on Coast Contras, um, never freestyle, but you know, the one that I did and then Remy, um, is there one that, that jumps out at you to to withdraw to finish out the list at an even 10?
0: Yeah, I mean the coast contra is is that a, a another freestyle like uh the scenario freestyle?
1: No, I mean it's 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 a single of theirs. They just called it that sort of like backseat freestyle, you know. Oh, I mean? right,
0: yeah, yeah. But and I for me, yeah. I would go I would go Coast Contra and uh, Remy. You know, I think that Remy had a standout verse. I think that uh, she's a standout MC who does not get her flowers enough. Um, That project was a high-powered project, and to come away with the best verse on that project I think is pretty special. And that was, uh, for the video and for the song, we had two of the biggest reactions we've seen on socials out of any posts that we've done this year. So, I mean, I think the people speak to like how powerful that verse was too.
1: Okay, I mean, I I concede and much like Elza, I think thought um, has flowers to come from our platform, you know, at least from me. And um, I'm okay with that. One question, as we kind of, you know, lock up the definitive 10, um, we recently did a podcast praising uh, King's Disease Three. Um, I saw a lot of comments on YouTube of folks saying that we show Jay more love and we reference Jay far too much to be a review of Nas's album. We got a lot of compliments on our, our research and analysis, but we're not, after really going hard for that album, is there a way to articulate why a Nas verse isn't on this
0: list? Yeah, first of all, I don't even remember talking about Jay beyond... Um... Sun lyrics? the the yeah the, the the reference that Nas made to to Jay himself and, and their competitiveness but you know uh, but cool um you know I think <laughs> for me it's the same it's the same reason why um none of the songs on KD three would make our top five out of the KD series. Uh I think that for me KD3 as a body of work is super strong and super consistent throughout. And I think as a full body of work, it's the best out of the series. We talked about this in depth in our podcast. Um, And there are incredible songs. Hood to Hood is like, you know, one of my favorites. Uh, The the Five Heartbeats joint uh, is incredible. Um, But there isn't one single verse that jumps out at me in the same way that what I think our top 10 do for me. Uh, But what about you? I think you, I think you said that. And I think that
1: folks might get upset with that or disagree, but you know, after they type or after they think about it, because I think that that's fair. And I think as a body of work, KD3 is, is, is really something special. Um, But I, I do stand by what you said. And just because there's other albums that are in my, 10 or 15 best this year that have great MCs that are not part of this list um and yeah so i I think you articulated well which is why i lean on you for that
0: yeah and just just to draw the point home like i would say that out of the entire king's disease series my two favorite verses are his verse on full circle when he says Mm -hmm. um I got with my boxing trainer. Um, He's my logic explainer. Conversations through our combinations. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, man. The vividness of that is just incredible. Um, You know, and the other things he's saying on that. But my favorite verse out of the entire series is on my Bible, where he talks about, like, Suburbans and Ninas, like, uh, you know, he talks about uh, don't rap about death. There's power in what you say, uh, you know. And did you ever think that your whips and and um, chains could be cursed? Like, you know, Suburbans and Ninas, like, um, he talks about Vegas with Pac and, and Big. Like, dude, that verse is, like, bone chilling, incredible. And there wasn't a verse that hit me as hard as those two verses on Kings of These 3. That's it. It's it's that simple, you know, and that doesn't mean, again, that it's not a stellar output. Uh, I'm sure it'll make our top 10. I'll go out on a limb and say that for the end of the year. Um, But yeah, when it comes to verses, um, it didn't have that one standout verse for me. Word.
1: I got you. And I I stand by that as well. And I, I do like this list. And obviously, this isn't designed to upset anybody. We're here to be provocative. We're here to celebrate you know, not just 10, but 14 great examples of verses. And I think along the way, we've handed out a number of, of props and compliments. And and the cool thing too is, as I said at the top for folks, like I want to know for people that listen to written verse, like what are your, what are your joints? So always on the socials and, and whatnot, please, like this is a, this is a round table discussion.
0: Absolutely. You know, we, we've prided ourselves over the years on opening up the conversation. So it's not just us, speaking to people but us having a conversation and more importantly the people like weighing in and 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 giving kind of definitive answer so just to recap our 10 verses of the year are jay-z god did j-i-d or jig crack crack sandwich kendrick lamar mother i sober j cole johnny p's caddy kendrick lamar the heart part five verse three Remy Ma, Remy Rap off DJ Premier's project. Conway, Stressed. Post Contra, Never Freestyle. And Joey Badass, Head High, Verse 2 from the BT Hip Hop Awards version. Is that right? Yeah. And you said Remy?
1: Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Oh, and I think you skipped Lupe Fiasco on. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 Good call. Maybe the verse of the year for me, the verse of the year for me is Lupe Fiasco on "Phonem." Rappers die too much. So, yeah, great call. I think that's a great way to end that.
1: Absolutely, man. Well,
0: as we celebrate verses, is there a, a song of the week you've got in your head? Song of the Week. Uh, I'm going to go hood to hood, Nas. Nice. I think I said that once before, but just to drive home the point that we are yeah. Nas nice lovers. Because <laughs> uh, that's been stuck in my head for the last two weeks. I really love the beat. I love um what he's talking about. Hood to Hood is my song of the week. How about you?
1: I want to keep it in Queens. I'm going to give it up to Homeboy Sandman, who put out an album called Still Champion. Um, Homeboy Sandman is an artist, you know, from his early days in the underground, I've always rallied for he reminds me a lot of, you know, 90s era, most deaf, just his his message, his his flow, his attitude, and this project is something special. It starts with a joint called Thanks and Praise, Praises, um, which is just, you know, I, we talk about food and liquor and vitamins for your mind. If you're having a bad day or you need some self-affirmation, you listen to this song, it'll 100% um, set you straight, and so shout out to HBS, and hey, oh, man, it's a... Uh, Always good to do this.
0: Yeah, man. Always great to see you last week and great to see you virtually again.
1: Likewise, man. Well, until we do it again, have a safe week and, and thanks everybody who weighs in. All right. Peace. All right. Peace.